All right, dog. Count us in whenever you're ready. All right. Three, two, one. I better find my notes of what I was going to say for the Cal Park Bros podcast this week, but I'll wait until that check clears at the bank before I uh, record it and send it to him. Let's see here. What do these notes say? Oh, yes. Cal Park Bros podcast, one of the best up-and-coming podcasts in the game. About two bros from Cal Park, Terrence and Jason. Yeah, they're all over the Facebook. They're even on YouTube. Uh-huh, let's see, uh, if you like them, why wouldn't you share it and all that jazz, yeah, yeah, I guess I could say this stuff, you know, it's been a pretty good podcast the last few weeks, and you know, I, I've been enjoying it, I just wish they'd pay me more money for these advertisements, I mean, I'm pretty good at this, I think, oh crap, was this recording? To the Cal Park Bros podcast. I'm your host, Terrence, and with me is my co-host Jason, calling in from the Bat Cave in Indianapolis. Jason, how are you, my good man? I'd say things are off to a great start. We're not wearing the same shirt anymore. We're wearing not wearing red or orange or anything similar to that. So I think this show is off to a good start for the week. I'm sure people are, will appreciate the difference now. I'm wearing my Bob Ross shirt. People love love that. So I'd say Tuesday is going well right now. Yeah. Uh, shout out to fans of the podcast and also shout out to fans of the video podcast. Uh, contrary to popular belief, I do actually own more than three shirts. It just so happens I'm in love with the color red. Red is a good color, man. It's my favorite too. I just know when to break it up. <laughs> Obviously, I do not. Um, thank you for listening. This is episode 13 of the Cal Park Bros podcast. For the uninitiated, Cal Park Bros is a weekly podcast for fans of culture, sports, and entertainment. And as always, we're your hosts, Terrence and Jason, and every single Thursday, we release a brand new episode where we discuss the current events of the day, sports, and the athletes we love. And even a few athletes we loathe. No matter the topic, you can expect a brutally honest and fun exchange of snark while learning through the lens of our 30 years of friendship that originated in Calumet Park, Illinois. For more Cal Park Bros content, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for more behind-the-scenes content the Cal Bart Bros Show and to engage with us every single day.
The Cow Part Bros Podcast is available to listen and subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And folks, if you like us, why wouldn't you? I say it every single episode, man. The number one line in podcast history right there. Boom. Hashtag it out. Anyway. All right. Well, let's get this show on the road. Uh, Jason, uh, we have a new month uh, for not only for the world, but also for the Cal Park Bros podcast. Uh, and frankly, a lot of shit has gone down in June that we probably would have liked to have covered. But frankly, there just wasn't enough time. Uh, so I know for a fact when I found out that the news broke about Bill Cosby being released from prison, I was so swamped with work that day. I was like, damn, I would love to actually tweet about this, but I am so swamped with work. I literally can't. So, um, that broke on June 30th, I believe, um, that Bill Cosby apparently on a technicality that his conviction has been overturned, uh, by the Pennsylvania Supreme court. Um, it, unfortunately, as soon as that news dropped, Jason, we saw the best of humanity and the worst of humanity where we literally had people effectively, you know, doing a fucking victory lap, uh, for Bill Cosby, um, being released from prison, even though, for you know, from a lot of people's perspective, it's like he still did that shit. It's just on a legal technicality, effectively, they're saying, "Hey, they can't penalize him a second time because of it." So, what are your thoughts? What did what did you what did you think when you first heard about the verdict uh, being overturned by the Philadelphia? I'm sorry, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Um, and what are your thoughts in the aftermath? Uh, having a, a few weeks to kind of think about this. So just like you, when I first saw that and heard about it, I was I was at work. You know, I saw the headline that Bill Cosby's going to be released. I saw the thumbnail of him being walked out of the prison like a white T-shirt. You know, um, I, I, again, I was at work, so I couldn't focus on it. But I knew that there was going to be some reactions to that. I don't want to say negative or positive, but I knew people would not be happy with that result. Because like you said, you know, he got off on the technicality, which we will talk about a little bit more. So people are still of the belief that he did that stuff. So now he's out on technicality and I'm sure all the victims or rather I say his accusers and victims probably weren't very happy either. So I guess we can go in, go into it. So if I'm correct and correct me if I'm wrong, Terrence, but I believe the technicality was like you said, that back in, you know, on a arrangement he had before, in the, basically a plea deal, uh, in a, uh, an arrangement for him to take part in a deposition on a previous civil case, they said, hey, you know, we won't, you know, make us serve any prison time or whatever, but take part of this deposition and we'll call it square, we'll say. Well, I guess that was used against him somehow in this re- more, re- uh, more recent trial in which he went to jail or prison, excuse me. and. Like you said, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court decided that's not right. We're going to overturn this stuff and then let him go. Now, one thing I, I have forgotten and didn't realize that his conviction and his jail sentence started back in 2018. So he'd already been in jail three years. I, right. It, see, it seemed like that happened not that long ago. But yeah, three years. And, and the funny thing about that is he was set to serve a three to 10 year sentence anyway. 
So basically, he served that the minimum portion of that. Now, also, like you said, it's going to be overturned. Is it going to act like on his criminal record that that didn't happen? But still, he served his three years, the minimum. So people are going to take from that what they want. But um, it's it's interesting. I'm not as torn about this as some celebrities, which, again, we'll definitely go into that as well. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's funny because when I saw him walking out of prison, it re- obviously different circumstances, for whatever reason, reminded me of OJ. I, I don't know why. It, it just kind of did. Not to say he looked like or anything, but that just scene of him walking let's out of prison add, reminded let's me. Let's kind of distill yeah. that a little bit more. What about the, the OJ scenario uh, is, and I'm not saying that it's not, I just want to hear from you. What about the OJ scenario made, made you think, uh, what about the Bill Cosby scenario made you think about the OJ deal? I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just my imagination. I don't know. It just kind of seemed like example of two guys getting out of prison and essentially getting away with something. Now, now obviously, OJ was in prison because of something else he did separate from what people actually think he famously did. And same thing here with Bill Cosby. People are thinking he got away with something. You know, so kind of those similar circumstances. You know, obviously two totally different crimes that they were actually in there for. Two totally different crimes that people are in belief that that they did. You know, obviously OJ. You know, people are strong believe they you know two murders. So, um, but that's what it was for me. I, I think um, in a way. Well, again, we'll talk about this as well. We got a lot lot to talk about with this, but basically like a fall from grace as well. Um, but what did you think after you kind of took it all in, Terrence? Well, my first thought is just, I immediately think, okay, how can this be more like the OJ scenario? Uh, Bill Cosby basically got to go and go into someone else's, uh, domicile and basically, uh, steal, uh, paraphernalia. We'll say Jello pudding pops and that they thought that he felt, uh, belonged to him in the first place. Maybe that's how they would be the one and the same. Uh, but my initial thought was, number one, excuse me, it's crazy that this decision was first handed down in 2018. For a lot of people, it felt like fucking finally this guy is going to actually do time for what he's already admitted he's done. Now, whether or not that deposition should be sealed or not, that's another story. Fact is, not only do you have not one, not two, not three, you have women in the tens saying he did that shit, saying that's how he operate. So if he's not a rapist, he sure as hell was acting rapey, okay? If he's not a rapist, he sure as hell rape adjacent thing we have to do, Jason, is we have to ask ourselves, how fucking funny do you have to be for us to basically co-sign a rapist? Or at least rape a Jason. And I say this as somebody, peep this, Jason, I've seen Bill Cosby twice in concert while I had the good fortune um, to live in normal Illinois. So I've seen Bill Cosby twice in concert Motherfucker killed every time, okay? Killed it. All right? Shit. I'm probably 
the CEO of the Leonard Part 6 fucking fan club, okay? I adore the characters that Bill Cosby has played in my 41 years of existence. What I don't understand is, is why we cannot segregate the character or characters that he has played throughout his life of entertainment and objectively say, okay, this shit sounds fucked up. Like, there is, there is Cliff Huxtable, which is yet another character that we love. Hell, he was probably a dad we should have shouted out on the Father's Day episode. But that's a fucking character. Bill Cosby is a real fucking person. And what I do not understand for the life of me is why, number one, we don't understand as a culture that, hey, we are kind of on the hook for this too. Because not only is it saying what we're okay with in terms of what he's doing, but we're also saying a little bit in terms of what we're okay with if somebody else is doing it. Whether we know it or not. Those are my thoughts when I heard not only the allegations, not only uh, over the years, the way that those women were treated, there has to be a more nuanced way, if you truly do believe he's innocent, to go about your business than talking about those women the way we have. And that's if you think he's innocent. Because what I'm concerned with, even in the aftermath of that conviction being overturned, why the fuck would any woman ever come come forward and say something horrible has happened to me based off the way that we behave? And this is just a high-profile case. We know for a fact that Men and women alike will besmirch the character of women for even lesser talented individuals than one Bill Cosby. So those are my initial thoughts. Bro, you hit on almost every single point I had in my show notes about this topic that I wanted to cover. And that's awesome. Um, I, I tell you what, not to say that these people don't exist. But I was just searching article, 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 search, you know, Google search, Google search, Google search to find any sort of semblance of anybody who's not a celebrity supporting Bill Cosby. I couldn't find none. Of course, I've seen protests out there in Philadelphia where, of course, you know, Cosby is famously from. And some of those protests have included his victims or accusers, I'll say both, you know. Um, but all the articles I've found are talking about people who don't support him when it comes to people from the general public. The support I've seen have been from other, you know, celebrities, former castmates, comedians, you know, uh, like far as comedians wise, I've seen Eddie Griffin, Damon Wayans, you know, show support for him. Um, Dave Chappelle, now Dave Chappelle, 
I've seen an article talking about this as well as him mentioning it in one of his comedy shows that he's torn between what Cosby supposedly did. And he obviously he's not, you know, he never said that he doesn't think Bill Cosby did or didn't do it. But where he's torn is obviously what he's accused of versus Bill Cosby being one of his heroes. And I imagine a lot of other comedians probably feel that same type of tear to one degree or another. Um, Again, I mentioned former castmates as well, like uh, Keisha, uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam, who played Rudy on the Cosby Show, has supported him. But perhaps most famously or infamously, Felicia Rashad has been the one who's kind of, you know, put on that mantle as the person out there who's supporting Cosby. She put out tweets out there about it. It's kind of got her a little bit of hot water at her job at the Howard University, which I believe she's the dean of the fine arts department or something like that. Um, and as soon as she started that support, people were ready to jump on her just the same, you know, um, which, I mean, I will say people are allowed to have their opinions and support who they want to support. But, you know, when you're a public figure like her and you're supporting somebody like that, you're, you got to expect that people are going to be ready to jump on you and jump down your throat about it, you know. Um, and I was going to end this segment with this, but, you know, we're not ending the segment just yet. But, yeah, you mentioned, you know, what women's going to come forward now. I mean, the numbers for that were already pretty low. Um, I mean, I, I'll get into to percentages later, but I almost agree with you. You know, here was, here was this huge conviction for people, you know, from two perspectives. Well, one big perspective is he's a celebrity or former celebrity, how you want to put it. And they were able to get a conviction of a former celebrity of, of any sort of felonious crime. Excuse me. And now here we are three years later. Not only is he getting out of prison, but the conviction is overturned. So if I'm one of his 50-some accusers, and I'm sure some of them had to get coerced more than others to actually testify or you know, openly say what happened, now they're like, oh, well, should I have really done this then since nothing happened? And then every other woman you know, who might have been considering saying something about their accuser, not necessarily Bill Cosby, but somebody else. Now they're like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to waste my time. You know? Um, I mean, due process is due process. Not knocking that. I mean, I definitely hope if I ever get into any situation like that, I get my due process, so I'm not knocking it. But I just definitely know that this is a tough situation for his accusers and victims to handle. Knowing that they're that all the stuff they went through for three years ago, from a legal perspective, at least doesn't matter. From a public perception matter, yeah, nothing's going to change. Which goes into my next point, real quick. You mentioned separation between Bill Cosby the person and Cliff Huxtable. I don't know what people's lines are going to be when it comes to if they can make the separation, where they make the separation. But I think the problem people are going to have is that how many of these acts might have happened that we know of while he was in that role of Cliff, uh, Cliff Huxable? You know, obviously some of these accusers may not have been from that, but how many accusers were there? How many victims are there out there that never stepped forward because of those low numbers we just mentioned before when it comes to people don't report that stuff? And I, I think that's kind of where people kind of make, can't make that separation. Include, in, a way, in, a, in, a way, in a way, including us, because like you said, we didn't mention him in our TV dads. And clearly, you and I grew up a little bit on the Cosby Show, but we didn't mention him. 
Now, some of that, admittedly, from my side of it, was because of that. Because he's one of the guys I thought of. When I mentioned Philip Banks and Carl Winslow, Cliff Huskable was right there. But I'm like, uh, you know what? I don't want to mention him because of this stuff. So for me, I can't place a line because even if I, you know, even if some channel was to be bold enough to start playing Cosby Show episodes again, who's going to be able to watch that without thinking about this? Like any scene that comes up in those shows where he's hugging any woman, that's going to cross my mind. I know it. I can't imagine I'm alone in that thought. What about you? Would you think the same thing if you're watching any episode of the Cosby Show somewhere? I mean, you have the character playing a doctor. Yeah, and what kind of doctor, to be more specific? Um, I don't recall. I don't he, recall. He was, he was an OBGYN, basically a, ba- a baby delivering doctor. Right. Yeah. So, so given that nuance. You're going to watch a Cosby show way differently. If you even can watch it, because no one's going to play it no more. I mean, I kind of look at that the same way I look at Disney and Song of the South. It's like, hey, you don't put that at the at the front of the Disney Plus experience, but I should still be able to find it. <laughs> keep, um, keep talking. I'm searching right now. Go ahead. Yeah, because... I don't believe in whitewashing history to the point that like we're just going to literally scrub every bit of imperfection from 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 uh, from history. And the Cosby show did happen. We did grow up on it. I say we as in you and I. And yet here we are having a nuanced discussion about if we were to watch it we would watch it through a completely different lens because now we have new information, not only about the man, but the character. That's how I'm viewing it. That's kind of like me viewing uh, replays of the 92 and 96 Olympics um, and, and, and going forward, knowing there's some asshole fucking predator who is basically in charge of their medical care. That history happened. And I can't, and I can't sterilize it until the point that oh well now it's just squeaky clean. No, it happened, and I need it at least available enough so that we can talk about it. Because if we don't talk about it, then we don't have these conversations about holy shit. Of course, everyone in Hollywood is conflicted or they are leaning a certain way. The person that gave you your first shot or is literally responsible for you making your bread, you're going to talk differently about that person. That is going to color your your uh, your 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 value set. These people are human. Um, the comedian you mentioned, hell, he's probably the most honest about it. Talking about Chappelle? Of course, 
Yeah, of course he's conflicted about that. We're talking about a guy on fucking comedy Mount Rushmore here, okay? But so of course there's going to be some hemming and hawing about hero worship and idolatry. It's like finding out Moses is basically Larry Nasser, okay? That's what it was like. And my current value set is that I don't need people to 100% agree with me, but we're not going to act like that deposition don't, don't exist. That's my starting point. <clears throat> We're not going to act like this, uh, that this decision by the Philadelphia, I'm sorry, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court somehow nullifies every disgusting thing that was said about every accuser slash victim that came forward. Because there were some reprehensible things said. There's some reprehensible things being said now. Just and my biggest issue was, is that there were, you know, accusers, victims in the tens that we that at least we know of, right? These are the ones that we know of. Could be more than that. Biggest issue that I saw is that the defense of Bill Cosby was somehow a defense of blackness, ignoring the fact that some of his accusers slash victims were also black. Beverly Johnson, um, to the best of my knowledge, first black woman to appear on the cover of Vogue in August 1974. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, so point of order. Um, so apparently there are at least two places where people can still watch the Cosby show. All eight seasons, I, I believe. Uh, one of which, of course, is on TV One if you have that channel on your basic cable. But even if you don't, you can still go to Amazon Prime and watch it there, apparently. So I'm actually on Amazon Prime now, and sure enough, it's right there, all eight, all eight, uh, all eight seasons. So, so yeah. um, now I did find articles that talk about people are still not going to play it, but clearly, if you have Amazon and want to watch it, that's probably going to be your go, and it's free on Amazon, so there you go. Yeah. But, um, but, but, you know, but you notice what the people, again, the celebrities that are supporting him? It's the ones that have that I used to work with him connection or I'm a comedian that grew up on him connection. Oh, yeah. Have, have you seen any or heard from anybody else supporting him at all, whether it be celebrities, people you know, social media or anything like that? I mean, I know plenty of, of Facebook connections and Twitter connections that maintain that this was all uh, some sort of big conspiracy to undermine a prominent black man who made a fuck ton of money. Do those same people that you know of are also people that subscribe to a lot of other conspiracy theories? Um, some, but not all. But ultimately, I don't want to paint bro broadly with a brush. I'm simply bringing up the fact that they were absolutely of the opinion that these accusations were fabricated, you know, all 60 of them. And... Basically, this was all a plot to um, 
to undermine him. You know, he was going to buy NBC, I've heard in some circles. Um, I forget the sale, bro. Yeah, but that's fucking ludicrous. You know. That 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 maintains my my biggest issue with the oh this is all a big plot to undermine a prominent uh, wealthy black man um, because it kind of does undermine the fact that how how pro black can it be when some of his accusers were black if some of his accusers happen to be black women how can that be pro 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 black that's my question. It's not for me to answer because shit don't make sense to me. So um, Felicia Rashad, I don't know how much hot water she's really in. I maintain cancel culture ain't real unless she's got to give up her spot. She didn't do shit. All she did was celebrate in the moment and people were either going to fall one way or the other. Either it would be like, right on, I'm glad you said something or, you know, be pissed off that she did it and then she can fake pretend that oh she supports you know um sexual assault survivors yeah i agree i don't i didn't see anything about howard actually looking to actually remove her from her position that were definitely people who wanted them to do so i reached out to some howard alums i haven't never heard anything back as i figured i wouldn't but um but yeah, so, but one thing I, I did want to end with, because I, I did mention it. Um, so according to the National Criminal Victimization Survey that gets done by a U.S. governing body here, um, they say on average, less than 1% of sexual assault victim, uh, sexual assaults ever lead to conviction, less than 1%. And a little further breakdown of that, only 23% of rape or sexual assault victims actually report the crime to police. Yeah, so I think both those numbers definitely could be pretty telling. Probably that 23% stands out because that number is probably high. Because how many, because you have to imagine, like we said before, how many people would never come forward and mention their sexual assaults at all? So, so that's the case. Those numbers, those number that those crimes aren't a part of that number because we don't fucking know about them. Excuse my language. But, but yeah, and stuff like that. And, and again, due process is important in the United States. But stuff like this, what's going to put those numbers even lower than what they are? That's my yeah. final thought on that. Yeah. Jason, thank you for sharing the stats on that. I think it's important. We already know what's underreported. And ultimately, we know that when a prominent story like this about somebody who... And look, I, I'm not crazy. There are a ton of people that have been innocent in certain situations. They've been found guilty. And there's also a ton of other people that were guilty and they were found innocent. Um, but right now we talk about this scenario and we talk about the way people have addressed uh, victims of sexual assault, both before this, during this, and now in the aftermath. And to me, that matters just as much, if not more, than this Bill Cosby decision. All right. I think we can put a, a pin on this for now. Um, that concludes segment one. Coming up next on Cal Park Bros, we're going to talk about the MLB season uh, 
up to right now with the All-Star Game uh, coming up. And uh, we'll cover that next on Cal Park Bros. Cal Park Bros podcast. Jason and I are simply um, deaccelerating from a very spirited discussion about uh, sexual assault and the separation of celebrity and man regarding the Bill Cosby decision. Um, in segment two, we're going to talk about the Major League Baseball season so far. Jason, damn you. You are determined for us to talk baseball on this podcast, um, which means I am now determined to have to pay attention more than I probably would. Um, I can't have the excuse that the NHL playoffs are also going on because Tampa Bay is done kicking everyone else's ass. So, um, so far, there have been a lot of high notes, frankly, from Major League Baseball um, this season so far. I was going to start with a highlight that I can objectively tell anybody, uh, despite my my Cubs fandom. And the first thing that I noticed is that the White Sox are supposed to be dead in the water. Like, every month I, I turn around, it's like, oh shit, there's another guy on the Chicago White Sox that has gotten hurt. And yet somehow, somehow, even despite your very ancient... Uh, uh, manager, you your favorite team, the Chicago White Sox, leaving is leading the American League Central, despite all the reasons why they shouldn't be. What are some other highlights that you've noticed this year? Oh, we're gonna come back to that. I'll <laughs> save that for last. Ah, but now, but now that you brought it up, we can make it like a you know the White Sox sandwich with the White Sox with the bread. Uh, and we'll talk about the Cubs too, but not in the way you probably like. But I tell you what, man, yeah, it's it's been an interesting season so far. Some stuff that's even happened before kind of highlights with the Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game from Atlanta to, to Denver because of uh, their, we'll say, protest, for lack of a better term, against the voter, voting rights laws that changed in the state of Georgia. Um, also, the Cleveland Indians are announced they're going to change their name and logo after so many decades. But doing so, they're going to announce what their new name and logo are before the uh, 2022 season. Also, some pretty cool rule changes that were applied to the last 2020 shortened season. Um, whenever they go into extra innings, there's going to be a runner on second base starting every half inning for the off- offensive team. Also, all doubleheader games are going to, only going to be seven innings long. They're going to help preserve 
uh, people like that. Also, for about a month, there was a big deal about the cheating pitchers and using their uh, foreign substances to get better grip and better spin on the ball. Um, and anybody caught doing that, they'll get like a 10-game suspension. There actually was somebody busted for that whose name I, I forget off the top of my head. Um, but we also seen some people get pretty outlandish when it comes to their dem de uh, demonstrative nature in showing that they didn't have anything. Uh, not too long ago, Max Scherzer got to the point where he had his pants unzipped and ready to pull them down to show people he didn't have them. Now, some of that was just him being an idiot. Um, he's kind of a spirited, hothead guy, and Joe Girardi, the manager for the other team, kind of accused him, and that two bulls going at each other almost started a bench-clearing brawl because of it. So uh, that was pretty cool there. Something we mentioned before is the amount of no-hitters that had happened. Again, this was like four, three or four episodes ago when we talked about it, and there was a lot then. So as of right now, and the All-Star game is actually tonight, so we're in the All-Star break, there have been seven counted no-hitters. Seven. And there are two more that don't count. And the reason why they don't count is because they took place in one of those seven-inning games I mentioned, and the Major League doesn't recognize them as actual no-hitters, even though it happens. So uh, if, you, if you do want to include those, nine so far, and only three months of the season, nine. That's, yeah, that's a lot, bro. Um, and I, I think... As far as highlights go, as far as individual success, you can't go anywhere without mentioning Shohei Otani. He's leading the league in home run, leading the entire league in home runs. He has 33, and it's not even close. The closest person to him is 28. I know it's only five homers, but in a home run race, five is that's a that's a big lead. So, and that close person is Vlad Guerrero Jr. with 28, 28, like I said. Um, and in speaking of the All Star game, he's playing in the game tonight. He's he made the All Star team as a hitter and a pitcher. First time in history for that. Um, and as far as team successes, man, well, I'll hold off and go. I'll hold off on that for a minute, let you get some stuff in. But what do you think about the baseball season? I know you don't pay as much attention to the baseball as I do. But besides the White Sox, what kind of things have stood out to you so far in this 2021 MLB season? Um, well... I know we started off calling them highlights, but I look at things like the amount of no, no hitters to be considered lowlights because for me, the casual fan, I that that shit does not resonate with me. Unless you're like Randy Johnson, <laughs> you you should not be up there with that many no hitters. I'm sorry, um, that that does not resonate to me as a highlight. Um, um, I if anything. It might be a potential secondary low light because now you've got this tears for no hitters where it's like, well, technically it was a no hitter, but due to our due to our due to our our history, we can't count it. I'm like, is it a fucking game or not, <laughs> Jason? That's ridiculous. I, I I have to agree, and most other baseball fans also agree that it is kind of stupid. I mean, the game was completed; it's a countable game. The other team didn't get any hits. It's a no hitter. So the stats from those games: if I get a hit, if if I get a home run, if I get a strikeout, if I get a, if I get a walk, if I get a fucking error, my, my my fucking Golden Globe bonus is on the fucking line here. This shit count, right? It does count, yeah. But in Phantom Zone, according uh, Rob Manfred, because this is house, right? He's still commish, right? 
the shit don't count. I, 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 I am dumbfounded by that. I think you had mentioned that earlier this week and it just didn't resonate with me. I'm like, wait, 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 what do you mean it don't count? Is it... It is not an official no-hitter. So when you look up the total no-hitters so far this year, it's only seven, not those other two. I mean, the whole thing yeah. about double-headers um, being shortened, that's just common sense. Yeah. That's simply conceding to reality. And those are welcome changes. I just don't understand. And if there was ever a sport that needed more nuance and related to in relation to certain stats, it's Major League Baseball. I'm gonna bite. What do you mean? I mean, why it? You know. Baseball sports writers love to put asterisks next to things, and it Deserve, seems deservedly so in some cases. I mean, if if it's literally the reason why the sport even has a pulse in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one, I don't think it deserves an asterisk. Baseball sports writers should be thanking the lucky stars for every every ounce of Andro that McGuire and roids that him and Sosa ever took. So we 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 have the luxury of complaining about no hitters in 2021 because of one Mark McGuire and one Sammy Sosa who actually saved baseball much in the way Magic and Bird saved basketball. Moving on. So, yeah, um these are highlights. Um, um, lowlights for me, the Chicago Cubs are a fucking mess. That's a I highlight, sir. No, no. It's a highlight for you because you're a fucking hater. But it's a low light for me because this team has no identity. Their for identity me, like, is the lovable losers. No, no, that's not an identity. That's a... It's that's not? A, that's it a identity for 108 years, sir. That's a tagline. That's not an actual identity. For 108 um, years? What? That's not an identity? A highlight for me is that Chris Bryant is actually good again. Good enough to get in the All-Star game. Good for him. Um, but yeah. Team basically needs to figure it out and decide, okay, are we actually going to set this whole thing ablaze or are we going to try and retool again? Um, this half-ass shit that they're doing right now, not thrilled about it. Nothing about the squad says that they're going to be competitive in the next year. So that's really all my feedback. I'd say they're not going to be competitive in the next 109 years, but maybe that's hoping. Maybe that's me hoping I'll still be alive to see that 109 years, but yeah. Well, you know, they've won, they've won since before. They've won earlier than the White Sox. So I, I, I would think you should, you should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? Yeah, okay. So for yeah, for the longest time, that's fine. You guys can have that mental. That's fine. Because for how many years was it that the White Sox were the last team to win the World Series? So you know what? If you want to enjoy that mental for five years, feel free. I mean, listen, if karma can bite USA basketball in the ass for uh, uh the Angola beat down in ninety two, then karma can absolutely beat the White Sox um for your less than stellar jovial attitude currently 
First so, of all, that yeah, the USA basketball team, that's that's a t- subject on its own potentially. If they lose another ex- exhibition, folks, you might be able to t- you know guarantee we'll talk about that in episode 14. So um but yeah, but speaking of team successes, there have been of course surprises and disappointments uh in the standings. I'd say the surprises for me are the Mets winning the uh, National League East right now. They weren't a very good team last year, even in the shortened season. The Reds actually in second place in their division, win- a winning record. What? The Giants. Everybody coming in this season was looking at the American League, uh, excuse me, National League uh, uh, West. Like, okay, the Dodgers are the defending champions. The Padres gave them hell last year. They're going to do it again this year. I guess who's leading that division, Terrence? The Giants. The Giants, yeah. So the Giants clearly a surprise. You know, they're, the, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Padres and Dodgers are having great seasons, but the Giants are doing even better. That's definitely, I, I'd say they're probably the biggest surprise to everybody. Uh, the Red Sox making a comeback from last year. They were a horrible team last year. Maybe some injuries. They're doing well. Disappointments, though. I, I do have to agree the Cubs, I mean, taking any bias out of it, seriously, I'd say the Cubs and the Cardinals in that division, the NL Central, are huge disappointments, I'd say. Uh, I think a lot was expected of them, Cubs especially. Cardinals, too, with some of the off-season things they've done in the last three years, and they're not even a winning ball club. Um, the Twins, to some degree, I think they are supposed to be the team in the mix with the White Sox and the AL Central, along with Cleveland, maybe. Uh, Cleveland's not that bad, but, you know. Uh, the Braves, uh, the Braves might be the biggest disappointment. They were, They were... They were actually projected to do better than the White Sox this year. It was like the Dodgers, Braves, it was some other team I forget in the American League, and then the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, that, with that, the, actually made me, that actually made me mad. The injury that I mean the that that team I I don't expect much out of them right now. Well, I, because, well that injury just happened though. So they were already doing bad before that, but but yeah, I agree. Their season's done now at this point, which in a way could be good for them to get a better draft pick going forward. You know. Not that they're tanking or anything, but but yeah. Um, but of course, as I mentioned, I will end with my White Sox. Yes, yes, folks, my Chicago White Sox are leading the American League Central, despite the injuries, especially three injuries to some key players. You know, Luis Robert, who may come back in September. Eloy Jimenez, thanks Cubs. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, who might be. Actually, he's on the verge of coming back. He'll probably be back. I'd say I'd be shocked if he didn't come back this month. Yeah. Uh, if not next month in August. So, and then unfortunately, Nick Madrigal's out for the season due to, uh, I believe, a hamstring. Uh, had surgery on that. That that one was the one that made me flip a table over. Um, because they had, like I said, all these injuries. Because they had Adam Engel dealing with injuries, Adam Eaton dealing with injuries, and then the two I just mentioned before. And then all of a sudden, Madrigal Madrigal gets hurt. Everybody's thinking, okay. He might be out a little bit, a few weeks, two to four weeks, whatever it may be. He'll be back. And then I think a day later, they say, oh, he's out for the year. He had surgery. I, really, the table I had sitting over here, I just flipped it over. because I was just like, are you serious? But yeah. I, thought that, I thought that was going to be the one going to send him downhill because he was an important hitter. Even though he was a nine hitter, he was a 300 hitter, never struck out, you know. But despite that, and despite the, all the hate and all the jokes people wanted to make about Tony La Russa, being the manager, you know, as because he's old or old school, you know. And admittedly, I didn't like Tony Russo from his days at the Cardinals. I didn't like him, couldn't stand him. Not that I like him now. 
But the one thing, but the one thing I will say when it comes to when they fired Renteria before, there was three things I said that I want that they need to hire with this new manager. It needs to be a proven winner. Tony Tony Larusa is Jack. Exactly. A Spanish speaking manager, because for all the Spanish speaking players we have, check. The third one, honestly, I really don't recall, but those are the first two. And he actually, whatever the third one was, he satisfied that as well. So even though I still didn't like Tony Rusa, the fact that I couldn't complain because he met all three things I wanted from them to hire, I'm like, well, there you go. So, and then the whole drinking thing came up and that added fuel to the fire with, when it comes to people's jokes. But, but again, despite all that, the injuries, despite people not crapping on a manager when the season started, White Sox are in first place in the AL Central, second uh, best team in the American League. So, um, despite some ups and downs, man, I can't complain. That for me, that's my big highlight. Um, and as Rick Hahn, the general manager of the White Sox, said, it's World Series of Bust. He said that before the season started, and I agree with him. It's, it's World Series of Bust. If we don't get there, winning, we'll talk, depending on who they play, but if they don't get there, I agree with him. The season's a bust. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope, frankly, that the White Sox do well. I hope that. Do you though? Yeah, because the only way the rivalry between the White Sox and the Cubs is actually fun, I need two things to happen. Number one, I need y'all to figure out attendance, <laughs> and then number whoa, two, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. No, 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 no. What do you mean by that? It means exactly what I mean by no, that. No, no. Okay, no. When, I, when you say y'all, you mean y'all who? You, the Chicago White Sox at your new Comiskey. Whoa, 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 bro. Hold on. Have you seen the attendance numbers for this year so far? After, How do they look? After, do... after they've been able to get full attendance? Okay. How do they look? How full is that fucking stadium? Full. You know why? You, you know, you know. Uh, that hasn't so... exactly been the case for you. So I, I, yeah, and I'm about to tell you why. I'm about to, I'm about to tell you why. Because okay. here's the difference between White Sox fans and Cub fans. There's only one. <laughs> well, the big difference: Cub fans will still go out and show up to Cub games when they suck for one reason. And yes, this is going to be offense to Cub fans. I admit that because Cub fans are drunks. They'll go, <laughs> they'll, they'll go to, they'll go to Wrigleyville and go to the games for the party and the celebration and drinking even when the Cubs aren't very good. White Sox fans aren't doing that. We're not going up and paying money to, sh- to support a team that's not very good. I'll admit, I'll openly admit that. I mean, I'll still go, but clearly the numbers st- dictate that that's not the case. We'll go to support winners. So, now granted, this is the first game. When the, and you look it up, please. When the first game happened, again, if they allow, the, allow full capacity, I think the stadium holds about 32,000 people, I, I believe. They were right around 28. So they were there. So, so yeah. So, yeah. The attendance thing is not an issue. Teams just need to be winning. And they are. People are showing up. I don't know what the numbers are since then. Because uh, every stat I see talks about includes the entire season. Up, as opposed to up till now. So, yeah. Attendance is an issue when the team's winning. So Okay. I'll just hit you with this. The And this is straight from ESPN. Uh I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you right. I'm gonna stop you right now. I'm gonna stop you right now because I guarantee whatever you're looking at is the entire season. Here's the average right now because that's the entire season. The entire season. The entire season. The entire season. 
Okay, before they were even allowed to have any fans at all, or they had limited capacity. What I'm saying is the numbers since they were allowed to have full capacity. And if you can find that stat, including those games, and that's it, great. I guarantee those numbers are for the entire season. I'm just referencing the average. And I'm, I'm t- well, I don't want to hear the average, bro, because that, that's that is, for any the team. Is for, for any team, no, it's not. It's it's just because you don't because 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 you're trying to because you're trying to rip on the white side for low attendance numbers, and I agree with you. They do when they don't win, they don't fans don't show up, or when they or when they or when they or they can't show up because the government doesn't allow them to show up. Terrence, I'm talking. It's JB Pritzker's fault now. Get out of here. Yeah. When he says when people when yeah when the state says that arenas aren't allowed to have any fans, that's the government. Is that, was that not the case in the state of Illinois where they weren't allowed to have fans up until a certain point? I mean, I just find it yes. fascinating. Yes. The Cubs are at 19,698 uh, uh, for 45 games, uh, whereas the Chicago White Sox have 43 games. So I guess it's those additional two games. Uh, no, 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 no. Making the difference. Because, the because, well, see, that's, see, now you're changing the argument. You're changing the argument. You're changing no, the argument. No, it's not. You're comparing the White Sox fan base no. to the Cubs fan base. When the statement was, we need to get the attendance under control. I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I'm saying is find numbers for the White Sox when fans are actually allowed. I'm not comparing them to the Cubs because I just explained that difference. I'll, I'll say that to the, to the high heavens, that people just go to drink and get hammered. And a baseball, major league baseball game is a fun thing to do. Why you get drunk and hammered in the stands? Because guess what? Because you don't have to drive home. You can get on the train and get you be hung over on the train, throwing up there. Because that's the best way to get away from that dump of a stadium. See, because now you made it personal, Terrence. Oh, I made it personal. Yes, you did. You made it personal. <laughs> did 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 I did did I did I push a button? I'm sorry. Hey, anybody, hey, I, hey, I'll admit that anybody that knows me knows that it's what pushing my buttons, any cuff fan ripping the White Sox in any way whatsoever, that will, that will set me off in a heartbeat. I'll admit that. But that's all right. I don't hate I you think, or anything. I'm just saying. I think, if anything, that now the two things that you need to address is your, is your, your trigger response to when people call out the less than stellar attendance numbers. And then the second thing I actually need from the Chicago White Sox is to win. Because, honestly, I do think it makes for a better rivalry when the White Sox are good. And when the Cubs are good. Right now, it's not great. Because while the yeah. White Sox are kicking ass and taking names, Cubs are meh. You know, Cubs literally lost 10 in a fucking row. It was, it was 11. Thanks. Thank you. See, we like stats here on the Cal Park Bros. Even the stats we don't like. We just like reality, sir. And rea- you know, reality, you know, really, I do agree with you. The rivalry is better when both teams are good, which unfortunately in recent years hasn't always happened at the same time. But I think the rivalry is still, still great just because it still is it's Cubs versus White Sox. You can, if you go to a game, what I've been to several of those, including in Wrigley. The atmosphere is electric. No matter who's the better team, no matter who's, you know, good, who isn't, don't matter. 
it's electric no matter what happens on the field. Somebody's one group of fans are cheering, one group of fans is booing. If you've never been to anybody listening, if you've never been to a Cubs versus a White Sox game, and if you're like a Chicago native, you should go. The energy in the stadium is phenomenal for the all nine innings. It's probably top two and my best sports experiences of all time. Yeah, I would say all jokes, all jokes aside, there's no such thing as like a bad stadium experience. That is completely untrue. Well, I can give you one right now. What's a bad stadium experience to you? The one time I went to Wrigley Field. Okay. And uh, no, 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 no. Hang on. Now I want. I do want to say that that's not just me ripping on the Cubs. That's that's facts, true facts. Because of that's because of that it, it's 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 because of the stadium setup. The year, comes, Mr. Ross. I didn't what? hear that. Uh, tw- it wasn't tw- 2016. It was either the year after they won or the year after that, either 17 or 18. Got it. Okay. So even with the um, the new leadership uh, from the Ricketts clan and all the upgrades and all the, the, the bleacher bums that they pissed off because they added all that new signage, you were still like, this is bullshit. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that concludes segment two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're done. You're done. You're done with my cup bashing. Okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> oh, I, I literally need to pivot to our more important thing in terms of highlights, which I'm grateful that this MLB All Star Game will not be mired by yet another uh, uh, mass shooting. Um, so that concludes segment two, uh, the Cal Park Bros podcast. Coming up next, we're going to talk about this foiled. Um, mass shooting incident that is related to the all-star game and also talk about a uptick in events like that. Um, there were also potential tragedies coming up on Cal Park bros. Welcome back to the Cal Park Bros podcast. Uh, Jason and I are ripe off the Major League Baseball season recap leading up to the All-Star break. And we made a thin reference to a mass shooting that was avoided um, uh, where the Major League Baseball game, Major League Baseball All-Star weekend was held. according to uh, Colorado police, and I'm referencing an article on Forbes, uh, Colorado police reportedly feared that a Vegas-style mass shooting uh, during the MLB All-Star game after a hotel maid found hordes of guns. Um, And 
they continue on Forbes. A hotel housekeeper discovered more than a dozen weapons and over a thousand rounds of ammunition in a Denver hotel room that police feared were going to be used for a potential mass shooting during the 2021 Major League Baseball All-Star Game, according to a Denver 7 report. The second time in a week that a hotel worker has thwarted a possible mass shooting in the United States. Citing law enforcement sources connected with the investigation, the local news outlet reported a maid working at the Maven Hotel in downtown Denver, about two blocks from Coors Field, uh, where MLB festivities kicked off this weekend, tipped off police after finding a horde of weapons in one of the rooms on Friday night. There were 16 long guns, body armor, and more than 1,000 rounds of ammunition, according to the report. When people referenced the Las Vegas-style shooting, they were, they're referring to the 2017 massacre of over 20, of over, I'm sorry, 60 people at a Nevada music festival where the shooter fired rounds from the 32nd floor of a nearby hotel. Three men and one woman were arrested in connection to the hotel discovery on Friday night. This investigation is ongoing. Jason, what the fuck, man? <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that was a question. But <laughs> uh, when I say what the fuck, it is both a question and a statement. And in this context, it is a question. What the fuck is wrong with people? Uh, so before I go into that, you did mention well, the article, and you did mention that this is the second time a um, possible mass shooting was thwarted. Uh, that's because there was a similar situation in Chicago, um, in which a maid at a hotel also just, you know, came across a room, and discovered, you know, weapons and ammunition and things in the uh, guest room. Um, <clears throat> what's wrong with people, Terrence? Uh, when it comes to this topic, that could be a multi-pronged answer, but. I guess when it comes to this topic, people just love guns. Well, rephrase, people in the United States love guns. Uh, And we'll go into that later as well. But I think that's really what it is. Now, not to say that everybody that likes guns are going to be doing this type of stuff like this. These two people or these few people were were going to do. Not everybody that uses guns are looking to do bad stuff. I, I get that and recognize that. So people don't jump down my throat. For anything I'm about to say. But I really just think that's it. I just think our society is ingrained to use guns. I think when it comes to, in a lot of aspects, it's an over-reliance when it comes to using guns. Any little thing that, any little thing that we have an issue with, any type of threat that comes about, if we're having a bad day, like in probably these people's cases, we're going to, our first thought is, let's go, let me go get my gun. I heard a noise outside, let me get my gun. And I recognize that people, in most cases, people get guns for protection, and that's what they get it for. Which apparently is the number one reason people get guns, is protection, then hunting, then sport shooting, which is whatever with that. But all, all in all, that's your question, man. I think it's this country's, and people in it, their love of and over-reliance on guns. Okay, you mentioned the Chicago deal. And I did a little bit of research on that. So peep this. This was an Iowa man 
he just happens to have a rifle with a laser sight in a hotel room that overlooks a Lake Michigan beach. And this was during the 4th of July weekend, which means it was hella people out there, okay? Not that there's such a thing as a time when that area isn't busy, because he does this at the W in Chicago. And right across the street, Ohio State Beach, Ohio Street Beach, I'm sorry, and Navy Pier, which is a major tourist attraction. COVID or no COVID. The man's name was Keegan Castile, age 32. He was arrested at the hotel and faces two counts of aggravated unlawful use of a weapon. Cook County judge on Tuesday ordered him held in lieu of $10,000 bond. So he's released um, on this past Wednesday, right? He proposes to his girlfriend. Outside the 18th District headquarters. She appears to accept. So the judge says, I understand the state's proffer and your attorney that you have permission to possess the firearms that you are carrying in the state of Iowa, Judge David Navarro said during a Tuesday hearing. However, clearly, we're not in Iowa. Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. Jason, that story just gets crazier. I can't decide if that's more crazy than the hotel by Coors Field. I can't decide which scenario is more crazy. Well, for me, it's, I have a very vivid imagination. So when I heard both of those stories in regards to what was found, in particular, the guy with the laser scope in Chicago, and maybe this, that one rings out more because it's, it's Chicago, but even in both cases, I'm envisioning the same type of scenario that happened in Las Vegas. I'm imagining a guy in a hotel room looking out his window, getting all his stuff ready to go, you know, doing what he's about to do. Um, unfortunately, in Vegas, that person was able to be stopped. And uh, granted, we don't know what these people are going to be doing in these two cities, but the evidence is pretty damning when it comes to, hey, we don't know you're going to do this, but guess what? It pretty much looked like you were getting ready to. Because again, why were you in a hotel room? Or, well, it doesn't really matter hotel room. Why are you in any public place like that overlooking, like I said, a heavily populated area with a gun has a laser scope on it where you can easily start picking people off? What does that sound like to you and anybody else listening to that? That's, that's probably what was going to happen. I'm, I'm willing to say that. So for me, I'm envisioning all that same stuff happening that happened in Vegas in my hometown, Chicago, in Denver, where my fellow Major League Baseball fans are, you know, have, you know, taken over the city in that area because they were looking to enjoy something, have a good time with something. In this case, it was a baseball game. In Vegas, it was a concert. In Chicago, like you said, it's a popular area to go anyway, period, let alone a holiday. But people might might have been enjoying fireworks celebrations, which hopefully was the day before. But, but yeah, that, that's that's what, to me, when I hear all this stuff, that's what I thought about immediately is that and comparing the situation scenarios to that easily could have happened in Denver or Chicago. Thankfully, it did not. Hopefully, whatever crime these people can be convicted of, you know, and they're guilty of, actually, they got to get convicted of it. I know you say, oh, boy, it's bonded out now, which, 
if he bonded out, hey, if they give him a bond, he can bond out. Hey, good for him. It is very weird that his girlfriend proposed to him. I mean, I rather vice versa. I rather vice versa. But I, I, I what? Well, here's what I wonder. I wonder if that proposal and marriage and acceptance is going to stick, because maybe she might not have known what the hell he was he he was in jail for. Exact exactly. So I wonder if that she might have changed her mind and if she found out, hey, this is my like, because she probably reads the papers. This is my boyfriend. He got in trouble for this. Maybe this is the type of dude I don't be messing around with. So I don't know. But yeah, that's a very strange story and why, and very odd timing to propose to you know your loved one. But yeah, man, I, I yeah, it, it's very crazy. And again, we have a whole diatribe of stuff we can probably go into when it comes to guns in America. But that's my initial thought is the easy comparisons to what happened in Vegas and and you know the shit. Initially, I was thinking the shame I'd feel that one of our Chicago fellow Chicagoans did this, and now that I feel better that he's from Iowa, but in a way that's probably worse, because like, muff, excuse me, see, I'm about to be a full letter jockey like you, but people like this, like, you're looking to go somewhere else and cause damage to people, you know, not to do it in your own place is, is great, but how crazy are you have to be to go somewhere else to do this stuff, you know? It's, I don't know. You go ahead and talk, dude. What What are your other thoughts? Well, there's a reason why we, there's a reason why that judge brought that up. It was like, listen, that shit might be cool where you, where, where you, where, at your hometown, in your hometown, in your home state, but we got different rules here. Previously, you mentioned mass shootings might have been going up. Um, I found an article on CNN that referenced the number of mass shootings that happened according to Gun Violence Archive, uh, GVA. And, oh, and real quick, mass shootings is generally defined as any shooting incident that involves four or more people either being shot, injured, or killed. And so far this year, there have been 325 mass shootings like that. By comparison, last year, 2020, a crazy year in itself, there are around 600. So we're just about on pace to be right there again. Now, by, now again, for relative sake, though, I'll go back and say from 2014 to 2019, the only year that was above 400 was 2019 so uh, I'm, hopefully that's not a trend going up but that seems to be something to keep an eye on and I know Biden's taking efforts to tackle the all the violent crimes going on in America right now but as I said I think we're too far gone I don't think there's anything we can do because it's ingrained in our, in our society that we have a right and I, I know I'm using air quotes but even though I know we do have a right to have guns I think that's just ingrained in our society that we have a right to have guns and I, you can't take them away because it's against my second amendment. And I'm going to go into that more later too, but I don't think there's anything that can be done. I think we're too far gone. I think the only thing that can be done is maybe stiff, perhaps stiffer punishments for gun crimes or, well, even that's not going to happen either. I was going to say tougher, you know, make it tougher for people to get guns legally, but that's probably not going to happen either. So, I think it's too we ingrained. That's on a previous episode. We literally, the 
the episode where we referenced the FedEx shooting. Okay. That's where we talked about this. And episode one. Yeah. Episode alpha dog. Yeah. The, here's the thing. Having shot a firearm, I get the allure. Same. I get the allure. God knows I got enough vices in this life. I I get it. I actually enjoy shooting again. Now that I've gotten over some of my childhood trauma about it, I get it. I absolutely get it. That being said, we're talking about the individual rights of man versus also the individual responsibilities to the collective. Because every, I shouldn't say every, enough, because enough is something you can't deny. I've had enough people who talk to me about the Second Amendment like it's the first fucking amendment tell me that basically this is the only amendment that matters. And that's the problem. Even more so than freedom of speech, huh? Really? There's a, there's a certain level of indignation that comes with that one, too. But there's, well, a certain, there's a certain type of Second Amendment proponent that seems to value it so highly that, it can't, that they can't even fucking tell you what the other amendments are. Their literal identity is creating a scenario in which Joe Biden is literally coming to their doorstep with Kamala Harris to take away their gun. I noticed this phenomenon during the Obama years, by the way, where Obama being the moderate that he is anyway, was like, man, that's not even on my fucking docket. Like, I got too much other shit to worry about or or other special interests in which are driving his agenda. Gun control was never a part of it. Nothing of... Tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can. Anybody can who's listening to the podcast. Nothing about the Obama years says, yeah, we're real serious about gun control. It's like trying to wrestle a fucking pig. Have you ever done that? Because, no, because I only try to. Harness my energy and my limited resources on winnable objectives. The fuck do I look like trying to put that on the docket in 2008 if you're the first black president? It's also not going to happen under a Biden administration, by the way. But mass shootings are absolutely going to be more likely to happen now as we're starting to reopen the economy. I believe that was one of my points, actually, when we first started talking about this, is that as we reopen the economy, as we reopen uh, centers of uh, of religion and uh, commerce, schools. Sporting events. Bingo. Crazy didn't didn't take COVID off. It's just 
we're not as easy to we weren't we weren't as easy to pick off for about 15 months. It was lying dormant for 15 right. months. Now it's back. Right. right. And we're not trying to make light of it here. We're just telling you things that were an issue before COVID are, are now still going to be an issue after COVID. And it's fucking depressing. Like we can't even have a good faith argument or discussion about gun safety in this country because and because he hasn't been prosecuted for um, sexual assault yet, we can actually still reference him and hold him up as a paragon of virtue. Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries has an excellent bit about our affinity for guns in this country. And I implore anyone who actually wants to know what what our our obsession with guns in this country to check out that bit because it is dead fucking on, man. For an Australian, he had us dead to rights, man. He called us out on our shit to use something that my co-host would say. But that's 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 the real crux of the matter is not only is it not only is the current state of affairs it's not a as I like to say in sometimes professional scenarios, it's not a a bug, it's a feature. This is simply the cost of doing business here in America, as some folks would like to say. I think when it comes to correcting any issues, I think the that the it's kind of like um, when people say you know have a drug problem, they always say the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem, and I think that can be applied to the gun issue here in America, along with other issues as well. I think as a, as a society, we have to recognize that there is a problem. And I think that's where an issue lies. People don't recognize it as a, not the mass shooting part of it. I think everyone recognizes that's an issue. But I think, though, in general, the gun situation in America, that's what the issue is. And the and, and I agree with you, yeah. Every, all eight years Obama was in office, I remember even seeing a meme that was joking where, like, a picture of Obama sitting down, like, in a White House somewhere laughing because... You know, basically, like every eight, like each of the eight years, 16, 17, 18, 19, and all that stuff, like not 16, 17, you know what I mean? Uh, eight through, you know, 16. It was always that talk right around, you know, every year saying that, hey, mom's going to take away our guns. And he's laughing at that. It's like, like you said, he has no plans on doing that. No one's trying to take away your guns, you know? At least, at least not during the Obama administration, probably not going forward, like you said. But, but there still has to be, has to be recognized by society particularly gun owners and gun lovers that in general there's a problem with a gun problem in the society. Now I know people are going to say guns don't kill people. People do. And you're right. But my point still remains in stands. Um, I, I think certain things need to be looked at when it comes to our country's stance legally, when it comes to assault weapons and civilians owning them or having them. I think things will be looked at into when it comes to what it takes to actually get a gun, when it comes to background checks, uh, training courses, giving teachers control when it comes to monitoring people in the courses, when when it comes to recognizing, okay, who should or shouldn't maybe have a gun, 
uh, things like that. Um, yeah, I, I think all those things need to be looked at. You know, now obviously constitutionally, it's never going to get changed that we have a right to have guns. That's never going to change. No one's going to vote that out. I'm not saying we should or shouldn't. But yeah, I think those two other things I mentioned, I think that's something to be looked at. And there's certain countries around us that have looked into those problems and they don't have the issues we do. Right now, the number of guns in this country, there's more guns in the country than there are people. I know people own guns for protection, mostly, supposedly, wink, wink, quote, air quotes. But more guns than people? Anybody see that as a problem? Especially when there are several people who don't own, own guns at all. Right. But, yet the, but yet the number of guns still outweigh us. What does that tell you? So, yeah, we can go on. I, I, I can keep going on this all day, man. Uh, but I was, I'll go back to what I was saying is that, you know, the over-reliance on, people, on guns, I think, needs to, to stop. This gun society has raised cowards. And I'm saying everybody that owns a gun or, or uses a gun is a coward. But that applies to a lot of people. If you're, like I said before, if your first thought in any sign of danger is, let me grab my gun, then that label might have to get put on you. I mean, there's a story I found from Fort Worth, Texas, where a group of people got into an argument at a gas station. Things separated. One of the people went home or went to their car or whatever, got a gun, came back and started shooting people. If that's not a, an excellent example of cowardice and over-reliance on guns for no reason whatsoever, that's one. And again, I know that's not that story doesn't apply to everybody, but that's just an example of the cowardice that a lot of people show when it comes to, the, to their guns. Yeah. That's Jason, my word. I'm standing on that. And there you go. Yeah, Jason, I see what you're saying. I also think that the only way for any meaningful change is you're going to need actual a coalition of the willing, which is current gun owners who say, look, man. Or rather, who you have gun owners and non-gun owners and say, man, listen, you regular degular citizen the only way i'm ever going to be concerned about you owning a gun is if you do or say certain things that made me think that you are a harm to yourself your harm to your other members of your household or harm to the community those are only scenarios in which i feel like okay might have to confiscate your shit but we can't say that we're so entrenched in our sides and our silos. We can't even have that conversation. Like what I just said should not be controversial. And yet it is. And that is a problem. Second amendment dog. So that's just my two cents on that. All right. That concludes segment three of episode 13. Coming up next, we're going to wrap up the show with any final thoughts on Cal Park Rose.
Thank you for listening to the Cowpart Bros Podcast with your hosts, Terrence and Jason. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave us a rating and review the podcast. You can always send the show feedback or show topics at calparkbros at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at our anchor home base. Who knows, your message could end up on a future episode of this podcast. Jason, you got any final thoughts before we call it a night? Hopefully you guys thought this episode was fire. Excuse me. Definitely. We brought the heat on. We knew we knew two topics were going to be pretty, pretty hot. But the second one, the one in the middle there turned out to be hot as well. So definitely a a little hot sandwich for you when it comes to topics. So hopefully you all enjoyed that. Uh, Like Terrence said, definitely connect with us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Now watch the videos there. All segments there start with episode eight are there and available. For everybody that's watched us there, everybody listen to all the audio shows, even if it's just one episode, we thank you so much. We always do appreciate that. We would love to hear from you in any way we can. Um, definitely keep reaching out. Um, and, you know, hopefully you're never tired of us saying this, but it's definitely the truth. People have repeated it back to me, so hopefully you'll love it too. But when it comes to anything in Cal Park Bros, always remember to like us, love us, share us, and follow us. Because if you like us, why wouldn't you? Amen to that. Jason, I don't really have any final thoughts. I really am proud of the YouTube video podcast that we've started to put out. I think what really has been the difference maker for me is that I'm starting to look at the YouTube experience at really its own thing. So now that we're starting to branch out and do video, um, I'm really starting to look at that as a separate product of the Cal Park Bros experience than the audio experience. And now that I know that, I kind of know, okay, we're on camera now and we want to show a different side of of, of Jason and myself um, from the audio experience. So I, I hope that for those of you that didn't know that, check out the YouTube video pie because I think it's worth checking out. I think it gives you a different layer of the segments and subjects that we've been talking about uh, for almost two months now. So I look forward to, as my co-host said, continued heat rock, and we keep having a good time doing it. So with that said, this is Cal Park Bros signing off. Peace out, y'all. Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And if you like us, why wouldn't you?